Hello, I'm Mrs Collins and this is Chapter 6, The Bullfinch Calls. I finished the story, looked down at Mousetrap and bristled with annoyance because instead of listening to me, he is fast asleep. His head has fallen back and a tiny thread of drool hanging from his mouth wobbles as he snores. A breeze blows through the still open window and washes away my irritation. I imagine leaving the house and breathing in great lungfuls of the cold night air, walking across the sparkling snow and slipping into the shadows of the forest. I imagine finding my story there, one that explains where I came from and what's happening to me now. The thought stirs a deep longing inside me, but I push it away because it would be wrong to leave Mamushka and it would be dangerous to go into the forest alone at night. But the idea is already growing, shivering in the air like an electrical storm. A bullfinch lands on a branch at the bottom of the garden, and snow cascades to the ground. He ruffles his feathers and stares straight at me, and I wonder if he's the same bullfinch that spoke to me. Yanka, he calls, as if in answer to my thought. Yanka the bear! He flutters up to the window and perches on the sill. Come into the forest, his head tilts in a question. The urge to go outside is overwhelming, but I force my head to shake. I can't leave Mamushka. I shouldn't, I whisper. Please be quiet. Don't say anything else. Would you like me to silence him? A small but mighty voice sounds in my ear. I whip my head round and nearly knock Mousetrap off my shoulder. I hadn't felt him climbing up there. I stare into his shining black eyes, my mind whirling in confusion. What did you say? Would you like me to silence the bird? Mousetrap repeats, slowly running his tongue over his tiny pointed teeth. No, I exclaim, horrified by the, by the suggestion. Mousetrap slouches with disappointment. Let me know if you change your mind. He sprints down my arm, leaps off the bed and disappears into the gap between two floorboards. I stare after him. Mousetrap talks too. He made a series of squeaks and squeals, but I understood every word. The bullfinch flutters away and I rub my eyes as I've just woken. The moon shines high over the snow forest, turning everything silvery blue. The trees reach up to the stars and secrets whisper between their branches. The bullfinch has stopped calling, but something else is drawing me towards the forest. Something far more powerful, answers to who I am and what is happening to me. I can't resist it anymore. My mind buzzes with plans and ideas. I have a copy of Anatoly's map. I could use it to find my way in the forest, to explore the places mentioned in his stories, to look for clues to my past. I could take some food with me and shelter in Anatoly's cabins when I need to rest. Anatoly has five cabins scattered throughout the snow forest and they are all labelled on my map. Another gust of wind comes and ruffles the fur on my feet and I can't wait any longer. I have to go. I lower my feet to the floor and tiny vibrations run into my swollen soles. It's mouse traps pattering beneath the floorboard. I can feel where he is and something else too. A trembling of a mouse or a vole hiding from him. It's incredible. Like having another sense and I wonder what it would be like to walk over snow. I stand and wobble across the bedroom, still not used to the feel of my legs slip through the door and emerge into the landing, holding my breath. I'm not worried, Mooch will wake. She looked exhausted when she went to bed, and she always sleeps deeply after Valerian root tea. But I still tremble with the thought of getting caught. 
If I don't reach the forest now, disappointment would crush me. The size of my feet and the strangeness of my legs make the stairs a challenge. I end up sitting and half sliding, half bumping down them. Like I used to when I was little at the bottom, I lift my core off the peg by the front door and shuffle through the living room, pausing to collect my copy of Anatoly's map from the box on the mantelpiece. All the food Mamuchka cooked today is laid out on a marble slab in the kitchen. I slide a couple of piroshki pastries stuffed with cabbage and egg into my pocket and add a handful of dried apricots. Then I lift a pencil and a piece of paper from Mamushka's medicine mixing corner and write her a note. Dear Mamushka, I can't go to the hospital. I'm sorry. I need to find more than a cure for these legs. I need to understand why they have grown and how they relate to my past. And I think those answers lie in the forest. I'll be careful. I have my map and some food and I can shelter in Anatoly's cabins when I need to. Please don't worry. I'll be back in a day or two. I love you, Yanka. I stare at the note and frown. It's not a very good note, but I have no idea how to express the feelings I have inside. It would take a thousand words, and even then, Mamuchka wouldn't understand, and she'll worry no matter what I write. My gaze drifts through the window to the garden beyond. The moonlit snow is, is crisscrossed with small animal tracks running into the forest and the branches of the pines at the bottom of the garden curl, as if beckon me towards them. The thought of Mamushka waking to find me gone tugs at my back, but the pull of the forest and my story inside it keeps growing stronger. I need to go, so I take a deep breath, place the note on the table, and walk out of the back door, trying to ignore the stretching sensation in my heart.